Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode. On this one, Aaron, Jake, Ted, our new intern Nick and I had a conversation about hunting sign and how that looks different throughout the season. We feel like we're constantly getting questions about what is enough buck sign to set up on. And really, that's a pretty hard question to answer. There's a lot of different situations and sometimes what looks like a lot of sign in one area may not be enough to convince us to stop and set up in a different area or a different time of the year. Aaron starts the conversation by telling a story of a hunt that he had last year that you guys haven't seen on the channel. And then we move on and talk about how we use sign to find bucks throughout the season. In this episode, we only talk about early season. There'll be a part two of this podcast as well that talks about more of the middle of season to late season timeframe. So when you're listening to the story that Aaron's telling you, if you want to watch the full hunt, you can go over to our website and check out the Deer School. In the Deer School, we've got that full hunt posted in the hunt breakdown section. We've got a whole bunch of other exclusive content on our Deer School, which is basically an online course that we created to help you guys be better deer hunters. Also, later this week, we're going to be posting a video version of this podcast that's a little bit more condensed, but shows actual examples of the sign that we're talking about in a lot of these stories. Before we get into it, though, I wanted to let you guys know that we are partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to try to combat mainstream social media's censorship. Go Wild was built by hunters and anglers just like you, and it's a free social media community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. So all you got to do is visit downloadgowild.com to get started. So also very recently, the new THP Adapt from Bear Archery just became available. We're all really excited about that. We're really pleased with the way the bow turned out. So if you guys have any interest in getting a THP Adapt of your own or any bear archery equipment for that matter, you can use the code THP10 to save 10% off of all of Bear's equipment. So if you go over to their website, beararchery.com, you can use that code and it'll help you save some money. All right, let's talk about reading sign throughout the season. What are we talking about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> How's your butt doing today? It's better. Yeah. You know, Benadryl right. and some of that lotion stuff. So I, I no got lotion. something on it. I don't know what it is. Any ghost wipes lately? I had one yesterday. Yeah, he did have one yesterday. Did yeah. you take a Motrin? It was a good morning for him no, yesterday. No, I'm out of Motrin. I mean, I've had ailments every day I've been here. I've been here for like 13 days. The Midwest is still getting used to Texas. Yeah, I thought this place was supposed to be tame. <laughs> every plant I touch it itches. some sort of reaction. And yeah. how it got on my butt cheeks, no You're problem. not really supposed to walk around in the woods and, you know, touch plants and rub them all over your body. <laughs> but we do that all the time. Sometimes. I always end it. up itching a I whole lot. I think there is maybe something to Either in Wisconsin there's just not nearly as much, or, like, I grew up just, like, walking through that stuff, so you get more yeah, whatever think. to it. But, like, I never got stuff, like, anything that made me itch. I could walk around the woods barefoot, but then it came down here. It's just, like, chiggers. Chiggers. Poison TX. ivy. Poison oak. Yeah. Like, I poison oak. I never... Yeah got rashes from really anything yeah. before but poison if i get into poison oak down here sumac that mean parsnip 
Yeah. I showed you the pictures of my buddy Weber that was all swelled up from the poison yeah. sumac. Yeah. That, that was crazy. What have do you, you got for topics? Oh, yeah, his face all swelled yeah. up. Yeah. Mm. You ever seen that? Stalking. Holy crap. Holy <laughs> Do you know crap. what my buddy Weber yeah. looks like? Oh, he's like in very good shape. That's a problem. <laughs> he looks like he's at 300 pounds. Let me see. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, he was bigger than that. Like you could tell that his skin is peeling off now because it got so stretched out that he was so, <laughs> he was so swollen up. Should we just start with the beginning of the season? What kind of sign you're looking for? Sure. Pretty much all the way to the end. Talk yeah. about some different situations and whatnot. Yeah, I think that'd be cool because I feel like it is something that if you're newer to hunting that you're like, okay, I see this rub. What does it mean? And I mean, honestly, to this day, I, you still do that. You're like, okay, there's this scrape line. What? How do I play this? And then you talk about situations that you've done certain things and it's worked or not and then uh-huh. probably be beneficial to people. You in? Yeah. Are you rolling? For five minutes rolling, and 20 yeah. seconds. I'm going to have to piss like real going. soon. Yeah, I might just do that too. Hair's getting pretty long. Mm-hmm. You get it cut. You want to cut it? Mm-hmm. Or you want to just leave it? I don't know. I don't really think about it much. You think about that mustache much? Not really. Just gonna let it roll. <laughs> just do whatever feels right, you know? I like it. So I don't know what I'm gonna do with my hair. I'm getting it cut like, as soon as I get home. You know, fade it up, look good for the wedding. But after the wedding, mullet? I, if I just grow it out, you know, and don't do nothing else, I'll have like a reverse mullet because it'll be all short and shaved on the back and long up top. That might be entertaining. <laughs> I agree. One. But I got this big knot on my forehead that Luckily, Nicholas, out. we live in a free yeah, country. Oh, what wow. is that? Damn. Is that some sort of ailment also? No, nah, I don't know. It just, it, you know, I shaved my head we before going to the We could crush up some Motrin and, and just kind of put it on there. And I was like, what happened there? And it's hard as a rock. I mean, it's just like. Mm. It's that big brain coming it's out It's a cyst or something. My buddy tells me it's probably cancerous. So, That's I hope good. not. That's but good. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably get it checked out. Yeah, I'd say. You should. You can do whatever you want with your hair. <laughs> you're allowed. I might cut hey, it in a You're allowed, lock. Nick. You know why? Let freedom ring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's because of you. That's right. That actually is because of you. Yep. That's right. Yeah. By God. <laughs> you know your buddies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about signs, Zinger. Yes. I guess what sign is important to you from the beginning to the end and just see where that takes us. I think that's good. I just did a hunt breakdown on that the other day from that buck that I hit and lost last fall. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the main mistakes that we made in that hunt was that we did not have a lot of confidence in that area because of the lack of sign. Mm-hmm. Like, but and it varies, but it varies so much. It varies too. so much it's because, just, like the week before that, we went into a spot, and there was rubs everywhere, and a fresh scrape, big tracks, and we saw like ten bucks, and then we went into this spot, and there's literally nothing, nothing, but it, the spot set up well for a big buck to be there. It's like remote it's, location, yeah, perfect always, type of habitat. Wasn't that right after me and Ben went in there? And you guys observed, observed it, it yeah. from the front. And we saw one buck like this big. Yep. And a bunch of does. 
But then I went out there. Two-year-old type buck, you think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I went out there into that that green stuff that y'all observed from a distance, and I found a bunch of really big tracks. And it was like, man, there's probably a big one. And that's where you had the cameras running up towards the parking lot. Yeah. Because all the sign is. But I saw those big tracks crossing in the bottom there. That's what I told you guys. That's right. You told me to go back here and look at it. They were all heading towards where we had been hunting earlier in season two, where we knew that there was a big bug. Paint paint a little bit of a picture of how this spot sets up so people can visualize it a little bit. There's a parking area that a lot of hunters go to, and there's you know a trail that goes down in the woods your typical public area parking area trail that runs down through there for half a mile or so mm-hmm. you know everybody walks that thing and then you get as you get further back you get into the more remote stuff um about halfway back there's a good green food source and then beyond that in the very back corner there's some really thick security and there's like kind of ridges that there's ridges as go up and down mixed hardwoods mixed grass just kind of mixed habitat in general with some roll and it's not really an easy place to walk to compared to other areas where you could walk to and still see deer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah to get way back in there it's a walk it's it's, a little ways to get in there and it's kind of back there probably even looking at it on a bigger scale adding private habitat into it like it's that particular spot is kind of the center of the entire roadblock. Yeah, that's yeah. always been intriguing to me about that particular location. Is like, if you look where at that we spot, hit the buck. Yeah, it's yeah. dead center of the whole roadblock. Like it's in the middle of all the habitat. The so basic way to put it is it's buck experiences in a lot of big buck experience yard, in this hole. Yes, two hundred yard area. We yeah. see this often where you have like a remote area like that that's got permanent water and it's got a lot of habitat diversity, like a bunch of different plants and there's that thick grass in there with goldenrod and you know willows and canary grass and all kinds of stuff mixed in you know so it's thick enough for a big buck to live it's remote and it like you said it's the center of that block so it is the it is the hundred acres that people spend the the least amount of time in so it has all of those things going for it but jake scouted up there near the parking lot and he found a bunch of fresh sign this is in early october right when our bow season started he found a bunch of fresh sign by that parking lot a bunch of big rubs in big tracks and stuff a scrape or two and he hung camera up there we didn't get any pictures of any nice bucks i don't think did we no i just put it real close to the access just yeah. to, just because i think mostly just to get it out just there was acorns there was oaks dropping acorns up there and there was buck sign in there but we we figured with it being that close to the parking lot Uh like it's all night sign yeah especially if a big one's using it Mm -hmm. so we you know that was the first step put cameras in there and then we didn't get pictures of bucks so then ben and ted went in there and observed that green food source which is about halfway back it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more remote than where the camera was Mm -hmm. they saw a bunch of deer pile out and a two-year-old buck a lot of the deer came from the remote stuff the back corner mm-hmm. so then we finally decided me and ben like a week after that we're like okay we got high wind day where we can get back in there to that more sensitive area where we believe those those deer are coming from and that's a good spot usually so we went in there but the the, the catch here with sign was that the further we went back the less sign we saw mm-hmm. so like all the buck sign is up by the parking lot what the, date is this? The man, it's the day that I hit the buck. Well, yeah, I think it's the thirteenth of October. Mid October. Mid October. 
What yeah. was the temperature at that point? 75. <laughs> Regular day. It was hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really warm. Yeah. Yeah. It was hot. When was you sitting blowing. in the AC that day? I was. We weren't even going to go. We weren't even going to go hunting. We were just like, man, it's so hot. We got all this work to do. But it was windy. And even if it's hot, I like those really windy days because that's when I went mm-hmm. in and I bumped. Me and Gooch bumped that big one that I killed a couple of years ago. We bumped that one on a 75-degree day yeah. with, like, 20-mile-an-hour wind. I just love those those conditions because it's, you it's can a, move. Yeah, it's a different condition that works in your favor. Yeah, you it's hot, make it work but in your favor. with all the wind and the leaves were wet, it's like you can burn through some country without harming it. Mm-hmm. You, you're not boogering stuff up. So we went all the way in there, and we did not run into Buckside for the last quarter mile. There was not a rub. We... We saw occasional deer droppings. There wasn't much for acorns in that block of woods. There was one trail along the transition where you could see deer had been coming from the remote bedding that was real deep in there in that 100-acre square. They were, they were coming up and going out to that green food source. But, I mean, there was just one trail is all we saw. And we got back here, and we were running late because I cut my dang finger on a broadhead at the truck. And it was one of them. I had one of them short quiver hoods for that old bear whitetail too that i shot that doe with mm-hmm. and i had those big magnus stingers on there and i just reached around the side of that quiver hood and pulled it out while the broadheads are sticking out of the back of the hood because it's only an inch long and they're two inch broadheads so i just gashed the hell out of my finger and it's just bleeding <laughs> everywhere at the truck so me and benjamin had to bandage it up and that that took some time. I would love to be around you when you did that. Actually. Oh yeah, I was, just, <laughs> I was like, that? man, <laughs> we got to get out there, but I can't, I can't like just take off right now Probably because we just weigh too much. Just more being like, oh man, we got to get out there. <laughs> so bummed that he cut his finger. Yeah. I got to take care of this though. <laughs> yeah, that's what exactly what I was doing. So anyway, eventually bandaged the crap out of it, and then we got back in there, and we got all the way to the spot where you and Logan. Uh, mm-hmm. shot that buck right where that fence comes down we got to right before that that spot we had a great experience there once too we had a buck coming yeah, up in there Man, that was that's right a, away in the morning mm-hmm. yeah that is a good uh, traditionally like you said jake it's always had mature bucks in it and it's like a spot you can get to pretty easily on a, on a hard edge but still be within like 150 yards of where they're bedding right like pretty often yeah and we anticipated them to be bedded in that bottom. And multiple times along that transition, like my instincts were telling me, we just need to sit up. We just need to just hang out right here. If we're not close enough today, we'll move back the next day. Uh-huh. And I didn't do it because I didn't see the sign. And I you was, start, and you, you like, I feel like that is such a tough situation to be in because you're like, it's open ah, woods and there's yeah. like one trail. Yeah. And you so just there's like, not like a, you're trying to put a buck on a spot. Yeah. And it's like, man, where the heck is he going to go? And it's, you're like, like maybe we, we just go, go a little bit further. We'll come up here and it's going to be a perfect scrape on a transition line yeah. where we can like hide behind this, but you never get it. Yeah. You well, just, I mean, you rarely get it. Yeah. Right, Occasionally right. you do and it yeah. works out, yeah. but more often than not, this is what you're dealing with. Is you're stressing out because you feel like you're running out of time. Yeah, and we were running lakes. I cut my dang finger, and we were getting back in there, and we finally got in there to the spot real close to where we wanted to be along that edge, and I just wasn't convinced that there was one in there because there was no sign. So, I, I mean, I knocked an arrow, and I had my release on and all that, and we were sitting in the transition in some cover. So it was like in the back of my mind, you always got to be ready because you never right. know. Right. 
the, we've made those mistakes before everybody has and but still i wasn't in the right frame of mind i wasn't like keyed up you were expecting to shoot a buck yes the morning the morning that afternoon. we killed that that one that we bumped me and gooch i was staring at that freaking spot yeah, in that bedding area for an confident. hour and a half mm -hmm. and gooch is like man how much longer you want to sit here i'm like we're gonna sit here all morning uh -huh. like i th i think that he's in there i really got confidence that he's in there and then just i blink my eyes a couple of times and poof, there he is uh -huh. so that like that's a huge confidence boost but in this situation i didn't have that for whatever right. reason because there was no sign so i mean most days hunting are like that yeah so <laughs> like, I, yeah. I was like well, not paying attention yeah. and all of a sudden i look up and the thing is coming through the grass at 50 yards and he's right there it's just early these, in the afternoon. oh sun's up like yeah. 75 degrees hour and a half before dark yeah. sun's up and sun's up you know oh yeah I mean? <laughs> big guy's up he's walking through that grass and he's licking his butt and he's not paying no attention to what we're doing and he's just creeping up through there like munching on stuff and the weeds are blowing like crazy it's like the thing has no idea we're even in the and world he's kind of down in the bottom in the creek yeah but he's coming up and he's gonna be, get our wind so he betted in willows or just in tall grass down there just in a the few bottom. clumps of tall grass near the willows but i couldn't tell exactly because he was already headed to us by the time i saw him yeah. like i didn't see him stand up because uh -huh. um, i had literally not looked that direction for two or three minutes but he had to been bedded he was in those beds along that creek uh -huh. i'm certain of it yeah. um but yeah I've he actually starts... never seen i've actually never seen a big one come out of there every time i've seen them they've come from different spots yeah i've seen other deer out there little yeah. bucks and does i've it never actually grown seen up them. back in there this year I bet. yeah it, it, I bet. it flooded like three or four years we ago we picked so. another one up late like uh when we were doing deer drives same spot i'd assume within 30 yards of where you're describing the one that you saw embedded kicked him up during gun season tyler missed him gun jammed <laughs> thing stood there and looked at him <laughs> And he couldn't shoot at it because his gun was jammed. <laughs> Those guys got to figure out some different weapons. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not old reliable right there. No. Was he right here? Uh, no, not that far. He was actually right there where that little other creek comes in and meets. I see. Um, right in the crosshairs. He was, and he started. The problem was is that it was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a straight south wind blowing back up the transition and he's headed to the north of us so like he's going to wind up in bow range but literally but the, at the moment that he gets in bow range he's going to be directly downwind so me and benjamin just start moving like he's at 50 yards and in the grass and mm -hmm. we start moving up the transition as quickly as we can timber like, on your right and and he's on kind of your quarter off your left shoulder in that bottom yeah. in the grass he was in like the broad sunlight though and you guys are in like yes the dark we're in shade and shadows like and the wind's just gusting yeah. it's perfect so we moved i mean i made 15 yards on him like that pretty aggressively yes and he's kind of open honestly oh, yeah. like pretty well, open. like he's got his head down and he's browsing on yeah. stuff or and, he's and licking his butt and he's like not that. paying attention Same here's with, here's where it's to your advantage that he's the only deer back there making no sign yeah, yeah. he's turning his head uh -huh. and i got up there close enough to get a shot the problem was though is that i just didn't i wasn't in the right position when we talked about this when we were discussing the elk last night mm -hmm. it's like the position that you're in is so important you can try to finagle it best you can but you've got to get to that position and i try i was super aggressive and i just could not get there like mm -hmm. he beat me there and that's why at the last minute he picks his head up and he quarters to me because he's smelling us 
and getting ready to take off and I shot at him at 25 yards and I wish I wouldn't have even taken the shot but it was one of those deals where I I was moving through the woods anchored on him basically waiting for him to see me uh-huh. like as I'm moving trying to get in a better position I am anchored with the peep like looking at his body uh-huh. because I know as soon as he picks his head up I'm going to have to stop settle and shoot because he's not going to stay there and as I was in the process of doing that, I didn't pull my head away from the string and really look at the path of the arrow. And there was some sticks and bushes in between me and the deer. And when he stopped and, and was getting ready to bolt, I'm like, okay, here's my chance. So I settled the pin right on it. I saw it real clear and I shot. And as soon as I shot, I just heard this like buzzing sound. I just heard it like, yes. And I looked at the, I could see the arrow because of the light and knock and it was just doing this. Like the arrow was porpoising. The, the back of it was making a oh, circle. Oh, yeah, huge circles. Like I hit something almost directly out of the bow. Mm-hmm. And I immediately knew, like, oh, no, this is bad. Seems like it, like some, something would have had to hit the back of your fletchings. You know, like maybe it cleared it even on the front of the arrow, and then your fletching whacked it, and then it's just like it Well, that's what like tricked that. us because in the footage, the shot doesn't look that bad. It looks like it, you hit and it. Honestly, it, it probably wasn't, but if you hit something that close to you out of the bow, it seems like that's when it's really going to send it off. It looks like it was a pretty similar shot to the one you and Gute hit. The, right, the year before. Yeah. Like right in the ball uh-huh. or close to it. The problem is, though, when you look real, like frame by frame, the arrow hits the deer sideways. Yeah. It does not, it doesn't punch straight in. It hits him sideways. And, uh, I mean, it still got a adequate penetration. Like, it went three-quarters of the way through. I mean, the arrow, I mean, probably there was an exit hole. Uh-huh. But it was one of those situations where we were like, man, he could be dead. It's very possible that it got the front of both lungs. But we'll never know because we came up to the property line 300 yards later and the guy wouldn't let us go over there. Like, he wouldn't let... He wouldn't. We had the dog at that point. Thanks, bud. Yeah, they wouldn't let us go over there with the dog. We That's didn't have blood. That's mm-hmm. the way to treat so, the posted lamb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that was the end come on there. of the situation. No. Basically, it was like, well, we think we've got a dead deer, possibly, but we can't go get him. So what do you do? I mean, it just sucked all around. I still put the blame on myself for not making a good shot. Like I should have pulled my head away from the string, looked at the path of the arrow, and then I could have made an adjustment and maybe not hit so much crap but it was it was just like bang 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 25 yards 25 yeah but but anyway back to the point of it here um what we were talking about with sign is i would have been set up in the tree that was 15 yards literally the tree that was right above me when i shot him and i would have had a perfect opportunity at him from there because that was my whole plan was to go down that transition and then pop up in one of those oak trees where I could see that entire bottom and I could look down in those little crevices and stuff from 20 feet up. And then it was so windy, I was like, what we'll do, Benjamin, is we'll climb that tree. If we see a buck stand up, we'll shoot down and we'll get in that grass with him and we'll go at him. So you had all your saddle and stuff yeah, with you? Yeah, had everything. But we were running late because I cut my dang finger. Just got late and you his feet. Yeah, and I didn't think he was there. Yeah. Because there was no sign. If I'd have, if I'd have run into a little bit of sign, me and Benjamin would have been up that tree in that, five minutes. And that's like not the type of day where you're expecting to see one get up. No. Nope. I, I remember that. It was just like an hour and a half before dark. And it's like he must have been laying right by you guys somewhere there. He's right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 60 yards. 
boom, just stood up out of nowhere. Another classic example of a big buck being tortuous. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, he probably wasn't really going to just like well, walk 600 yards up to those fields. No, or he was going to go. There was like, acorns in the edge, just yeah. not tons. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing about it. It's just like you're not your typical big buck day, a 70-degree day in on October 13th. Not no, a lot yeah. of people that are real fired up about hunting that time of year. <laughs> but, I mean, that was a long-winded way of saying, you know, you have to trust the spot. If if you have history on if it. If you got history on it and it is a remote location and it has we, if it's got it's good, good cover, that's the thing. It's got permanent water, it has good cover, yeah. and it has a lack of people. And we, and we and do know that. Those like, spots always have potential to have a big one in it. In that particular spot, we've, I mean, hell, dude, we went in there in 2016 was the first yep. time we were in there. So we've been in there for years and multiple times every year. Oh, we see them in there yeah, often. It just, it's one of those places, I think, sometimes if you've got history with a spot, you know, it's good. And, I mean, that time of year, especially, you know, Buck's bed in it, it's like just sometimes it's worth trusting it i mean you're already back there at that point you got oh, an hour and a half left you might as well just yeah you know but it's i mean hard. I, I, I don't do that I, mm-hmm. i'm saying to do that but i don't ever do that because yeah. i'm just like oh, i gotta keep going i'd probably walk right past him you know well <laughs> we almost did we were almost like man we just got to go deeper and deeper and deeper uh-huh. and that's something that we've learned more and more over the years but it's not like Man, people always say you got to learn from your mistakes so that you don't make them again. I'm always thinking about that, but man, some of these things are just not concrete. Yeah. You've got to, you have to get the experience on this this type of scenario that happens over and over and over again before you know it really helps you start making those decisions. And I feel like as a progression over time, we've we've slowed down a little bit and we don't bypass as much uh, sign as we once did. Maybe maybe. Well, see, I think it's a, it's an issue I've had um, definitely in the last couple of years. There's a lot of hunts I look back on, and I feel the opposite. Like, I I feel like I have a hard time holding up at any sign, uh, especially when I've been hunting Ohio. It's like there's so little sign that you hit a rub, and you haven't seen a deer. You haven't even jumped yep. a deer for two miles. You're just like, why would I set up here? Mm-hmm. So it's like... Sometimes, though, the one thing I wish I would do is just get to spots, like in this situation, where you can just see and just be patient and give it a morning or an evening and just, like, not worry about just getting right in there. Like, sometimes it's sitting yeah. back and, and watching it a little bit more That's and being patient. That's what paid off is, for me and Gooch when we got that buck. Yeah. And I look back on it, it's like, man, that was a, that was a three-day process to kill that thing. Mm-hmm. And we, gar- we gained valuable intel every time we went in there and we didn't ruin it. We did bump into him, but it was a situation where he wasn't spooked that bad mm-hmm. but getting back to the sign thing you were talking about a while ago um what does that look like you know throughout the different phases of the season yeah, and i think we I should think, start with like talk about scenarios that we ran into in the very first week that we hunt first week, first week of september yeah kentucky yeah like what kind of sign are you looking for that time of year because it's like a rub that time of year is it doesn't exist if it and if it does it's like if you get like you get into those first couple of days of september if you find rubs it's like well they're here right now like oh, literally sure. within the last couple of days they probably shed their velvet like we found that right in north dakota remember i mean we, really we found it here i mean if you could hunt here in september we found that spot last year i mean they ended up we ended up hunting it a little more and that's where you ran into that big eight pointer but like 
that ridge if you could hunt back there in September when those acorns must have been dropping. It was just blitz with sign oh, from yeah, a bachelor group of bucks. Yeah. Just like torch. There must have been like I don't know how many bucks in there, but it was like all rubbed up. So I, I think just talking about that. Yeah. I what mean, spot are you talking about? Uh, spot where you and uh, Curl went in once we got back from Indiana. We drove back all night and you all went oh, in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Jake found piles of sign on that ridge. I mean, uh, droppings and rubs that weren't old rubs. And what I mean by old rubs is like more than a year old. Mm-hmm. These were fresh, but they weren't yesterday They were like fresh. the first week of September, it seemed like. Yeah, we were there three weeks after they laid yeah. the sign down. And yeah. it was like, man, some of the turds were finding and the droppings on the ground were a little dry. They weren't real moist. And you could just tell that they were in there thick for a couple weeks. But it had been a couple weeks since they'd left. Because nothing was like the. There, the it was just like there's some big oak trees. I yep. imagine there was just a ton of acorns dropping. Fresh well, that's while a good. There. That's a good like sidebar here. Early season, first two weeks of September, as they're dropping their velvet, you're getting rubs that are occurring when when they're rubbing their velvet off. I have a great example of that from Nebraska. I was hunting with Logan, and we had been seeing a buck in velvet, uh-huh. and he we had bumped him we actually bumped him on the road he jumped down the road and we that's how we located him we bumped him again walking back in there to glass one day and then we figured he just went further back in there because that's what he was doing we just kept seeing him further back in and we ended up making this loop and we didn't see him and we were going through some cover and we found this rub it was september 5th um fresh rub still wet and it's like dude he was in velvet like it's gotta be him he was in velvet yesterday no he's not this had to have been like now right so we start moving up and we're moving and we kind of pop over into this bowl where there's a little bit taller grass and cattails and we're, we're standing there kind of looking at it not serious enough just didn't think it was enough cover and all of a sudden this fawn comes running out of the cover She's just running right out. She sees us and, like, runs, and then all of a sudden deer start blowing. And we just, it was like, man, there's so many deer right here. That fresh rub's right there. And we just sat down. And sure enough, like, 20 minutes later, he just stood up and looked around. And it was the bu- it was the same buck yeah. out of velvet. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like, it, that time of the year, it's like, the, the rubs are going to be the freshest. Rubs if you find are real a rub, important. he might be there right now. In that situation, he was there. Yeah. that day like yeah. he probably walked that edge made that rub and went and bedded and you gotta like also remember early september they're still bachelored up a lot of times so if you find i would rather find like one or two super fresh rubs maybe with leaving a little blood on it from the velvet because that could mean there's like, not one buck in there that could mean there's a bunch of them in there and small like big bucks Greg's here. small trees that time of year it seems like more often just to get that velvet out too so like don't be looking at a small rub and be like oh it's a little buck like right they get up and like yeah. the, some of those young willows where it's just like you know 20 little willows and they just start thrashing my antlers through stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. i feel like that's what when dylan and i were in missouri that time that's a good example shot that buck yeah and i think i, like I think the more uh like woodland type examples we have the more people are probably going to help just because that's where more people are hunting at i'd say yeah. so like the missouri examples are good that was just a bottom and had just a pile of tracks where they're coming out to those cucklebert mm-hmm. leaves or whatever and eating on them mm-hmm. but then we just followed up the ridge and started finding rubs on trees like that big and just would find one every once in a while and there was white oaks dropping acorn and stuff and then we set up on that and 
Yeah, so. you see, you're getting the you're timing the food right there too. Yeah, I think because the acorns right. are in that particular situation are just falling. Yeah. So there, those rubs that you're finding, they may even be, you know, they may even still have some moisture in the bark mm -hmm. because they're not very old, or there might be some blood from the velvet or whatever. And then you've got fresh droppings on the ground. That's what I'm looking for for like acorn sign. It's like you can see the feeding sign. You can yeah. see and, and just look at the tree. See how many acorns are left in the tree. Listen, stand around for 15 minutes. See if you can hear them actively dropping out of the tree. Yes. And then if you find that fresh, like, droppings in there, that fresh feeding Seems sign like where they've been digging in the ground. you can see, like, leaves all yep. moved out of the way, too. That's, right. That's those, those are the details you're looking for. Uh -huh. Were those deer that you guys killed bedded in the bottoms, do you think? in missouri that year were they bedded uh, up on the ridges or both i don't know that Let's one see. came up a steep side hill uh -huh. so he might have been in the bottom and came running up or he could have been right on that side hill laying there they'll Seems bed in the, on the tops of those bluffs or right over yeah. the uh, edge of those rocks on those little uh -huh. like on the dirt right where it goes into the bottom where it's a little bit cooler yeah. or they're in the shade i mean because the, just the wind was coming from the ridge going out over the bottom so he could have been laying with the wind coming over his back looking over the bottom right there yeah but that's just one scenario i was thinking to um acorns aside we used the the browse line of the beans in early september in kentucky uh -huh. like what we started noticing about a week into that trip was that we weren't finding a lot of rubs because in kentucky all those bucks were still in velvet uh -huh. that one bachelor group that we were hunting where i killed that one out of um all those bucks were in velvet weren't they yeah i think they all were so there was no rubs we just found some big tracks and then we looked over this giant bean field it's like i don't know how big but it's a mile long yeah but at one end of that bean field is the shaded side in the afternoon you know just the, it's wooded all around it but on one end of it you know about four in the afternoon the sun falls below the tree line obviously the leaves are still on in early september it's basically late summer so that whole side of the field is getting shaded before the rest of it. And you could see the browse line on that side of the field is, was much heavier than it was in other parts, other areas of the field, because that's, the bucks are trying to stay cool. There was permanent water also right there, which helps. Mm -hmm. But those that's bucks were coming out on the shady side of that bean field and they were feeding up and down those, you know, the last yeah, 40 they rows of beans. probably were never going very far from that field perimeter at all. No. It seemed like, it's just like they're just pretty much working. They got everything they need right there. That field was so huge and there's a nice buffer of just like native grasses around some of it if i remember yeah, right there was and then that creek was right there so like they had everything they needed within 100 yards you could look it. in the middle of that field and those beans were waist high uh -huh. and you could see the leaves on them but when you went to the edge of it they were like knee high to ankle high and you could just see where they it looked like you took a mower and just well they cut, yeah, cut them, off. them off they just <laughs> nipped them of, off wasn't that one that Jordan Barnes, wasn't that one just bedded right out of the bean field? He was. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. a lot of them will do that. The beans were so tall down there, it's uh -huh. especially. I mean, they'll do it throughout the country. It seems I've like seen it here a lot, yeah. a lot of times. Yeah. But, yeah. They just get and so where tall. I grew up, too, even in flat old western Ohio, yeah. they bed right in the middle of those beans. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, in Missouri, where you've got nothing but fence rows. Especially when the leaves are on. And it's just like they're so shady in there and cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so you just got these. pretty comfortable these little fence rows running through the landscape with nothing but ag and an occasional pond here and there if you got a pond and a couple of trees in a bean field that's mm -hmm. waist high like bucks will live out there oh, you yeah. got to think 
they may move out into those bean fields at the end of July and stay there until the middle of September. Yeah. That's, you know, two months out of the year they may live out there. The one thing that I help, think also helps, you mentioned the trees, is a bunch of diversity in something like a waterway too. Like if you've got a little bit of water, like a pond or something in the middle of a field, generally that will create more diversity. But, you know, the places that are those little patches but have a bunch of diversity, mm -hmm. like it's yeah. just like everything else. It's well, just a I mean, they don't need to scale. leave. They don't, yeah. they don't need to walk a half mile to get water. They can feed on beans. They can be lazy. They can drink. They can mm -hmm. be in the shade. It's like they the can stay shot cool. in North Dakota. Yeah. In Velvet. Uh -huh. he, I mean, he just was using this little micro yeah, diversity. A, 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 that, <laughs> a lot of the places that they are in September, you know, Velvet in the early September sometimes is like places that you, I wouldn't really expect to ever find them first week of November when all that no. stuff's combined or, you know, yep. all that native, like, like all the stuff, broadleaves and stuff that they were feeding on are just kind of dried out and not as valuable it probably seems like. I don't know. It just, there's just a lot more cover when the crops are up too. At least I'm just thinking like the area that I grew up hunting in Wisconsin, same type of deal. It's just like there's these little areas that they'll go to that I, I guess I wouldn't expect to find them later in the year just because there's no cover because the crops are gone. Yeah. Standing crops. Feeding sign then early in the season. Uh -huh. That seems like something mm -hmm. we're always looking for. Well, not always. I mean, shouldn't always shouldn't ever use the word always or never. But that's definitely a common theme. We talked about rubs early. Occasionally we find some scrapes early. Yeah. Here and there. Yeah, and those are generally, you know, I'd further away do, from the bedding. It's we're taking note of for yeah. sure because there's yeah. probably a lot of bucks in the area I guess, it seems like i guess here's a laying down sign that early i'm thinking more along the lines of just just from an experience thing i always think of this was when we were in minnesota and that was late september so that's late 20th of september yep. yeah i think we were we did we did this some and it's something if we could go back i would i'd probably do even more is just walk field perimeters mm -hmm. like just go to where you know they're feeding at night and just look for that big buck sign if you yeah, were to walk out, track out there. yeah if you were to walk out and another thing that i like looking at is like big trail openings big bucks got to go through it's not stupid but out on those no, big fields true. you find a big hole really look at those specific spots for those tracks because he has to come through that big trail like if yeah. there's a big opening on the field edge but go and check for buck sign big buck sign around that and then maybe observe it or or do that first or whatever do a combination observe some scout the perimeter you'd cover the most ground doing that and if you're finding a scrape at that time of the year that's like already a community scrape like he's probably coming to that and i would say that strategy would work for another month sure i mean even later than that yeah. but you know all year really if you're finding I mean, that, now that's only one part of the puzzle because he may not be making it there on, in daylight. And then you, that's when you start looking for potential bedding areas that are, you know, within the cover a little bit more. But. That's also the, that's the funky time of the month, too. I think rubs get uh, harder to read. They get not, harder to read as the month them. goes on because they sure. continue laying more of them down. Mm -hmm. And then you've got to decide which ones were made in the last four or five days versus which ones were made like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Because I used to do that when I was a kid. September 15th was the opener in Missouri. Uh -huh. And we would go in there on the 13th and the 14th, and we'd scout, and we'd find these big groves of rubs that were rubs that the bucks were making the first week of September when they were shedding their velvet. Yeah. 
and we'd set up right over those things yeah. because like look at all this buck sign there's got to be 20 of them in here no i mean they were just there was a bachelor group of them that came through here and they rubbed their velvet off yeah kind of dried up they might have been here for four or five days at the beginning of the month and now they're half a mile from here back in the timber feeding on black oak acorns uh-huh. or something mm-hmm. you know and they've shifted two weeks later and i feel like that continues to happen as you go into october you and, and the bucks start like ranging out a little bit further like they they split up they become more territorial and then they start moving and running scrape lines making big rut loops and then you really start seeing the dispersal of the rubs it's like you're seeing rubs everywhere by the end of the month and it's harder to discern where exactly that bucket what exactly is he doing where's he coming from when did he leave it how long goes this from right so that's where you really have to dig in and and check that thing out at a you know you can't just glance on september 5th you glance at a rub and you're like okay yeah. that's okay fresh. this is this you is important even, and the best yeah. way to learn so if a rub is fresh for me is just like there's places that you hunt consistently maybe you got a camera out there you're gonna be walking past you see a rub on the way in just like keep the next time you go in there keep tabs on what that looks like yeah. compared to however many days ago you were in there just so you can kind of at least get a gauge on how old the rub is if you do see it out there another thing is just in the moment just touch the thing yeah like if it's wet not, like it's, yeah. it's fresh yeah and if it feels wet then i always look at the leaves too yeah, like if it, they're still green yeah and if the, the bark's still green if the trees are starting to drop and drop their leaves in you know mid-october to mid-november if if you get a high wind day and all those leaves get blown down to the ground and then a day later you find a rub with shavings all over the top of that new leaf litter you know that rub was just made Mm -hmm. um so that could give you some inkling but during that time of the year then you're talking about those rut movements more and it gets a little bit more confusing but i would say the universal thing that we've been talking about is tracks Mm -hmm. you know in general feeding sign that is hitting fresh food sources yeah so like that example the beans in early september yeah uh, you've got acorns dropping throughout the month of September at different times. Um, even in October, you know, when you start getting red oaks that dropping around here, you start seeing that fresh feeding sign. And it's what you were saying a minute ago, Ted. It's like you can see the leaves almost mm-hmm. moved around. You can see like that fresh dirt tilled up a little bit. Um, you can see those droppings in there and yeah. then tracks in the soil. And I think what I what has always tripped me up is how much is enough to set up on. It's like, well, you could you could go to one oak tree and you could find gobs of feeding sign under it with hardly any acorns and set up there and not see them because they ate them all three yeah. days ago when they left. You know, but if you get to one that is still dropping them and like as you're standing there the thing is raining them and there's fresh droppings on the ground maybe not a lot but Mm -hmm. some you could sit there and you might have four or five deer come in underneath that tree before dark it's it's hard to know exactly but that's what's always tripped me up is and that i guess that goes back to what the story that we were telling originally here with that buck last fall where there was no sign almost none at all um how much is enough like what do you what do, you, yeah. what do you need to see? Is it one rub, uh-huh. or do you need to see a bunch of different tracks? Or yeah. You know, that's a hard one. <laughs> it's just totally dependent on yeah. the situation. But mm-hmm. That's, that's where I kind of like relying on going into places 
during the same time of year as I've been in there in the past and had a good experience. Once you hunt, you know, you hunt around an area for a while, you can get places you're more familiar with and you know places that hold deer more certain times of year compared to another. You just have had an experience, you, like you can think back on an experience where I know I spooked a buck right here this time of year. Just yeah. get to the edge where you can see that and just watch it for a little bit. You know, and like get on the sign, the best sign you can find around the perimeter of that, whichever way you think the deer are moving, and just get on a good scrape as close to the bedding as you, as I think I possibly can. Mm-hmm. When, I like waiting for conditions. Sorry, Ted, go ahead. I'll talk. I was going to say when Gooch and I went in there um, here on October first into that spot, it was just we saw one big track down in the drainage below this ridge that we were popping up on. And then there was one rub, and it wasn't like, holy crap, that's really fresh or anything. But then we got up there and saw that rub, and then we popped up on the flat, and it was just like you could just see the whole thing was just completely tore up with all the leaves removed and everything. Uh-huh. Feed and sign. That's, yeah, feed and sign. And that's why we set up there, and we were like, well, we'll set up here and try this, and then if this doesn't work, tomorrow we'll move in there a little bit further. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> you guys saw like three or four bucks and several does and uh-huh. shot a nice buck uh-huh. and then but i feel like around here especially when we find sign like that it's like you just gotta set up almost on it and then yeah. keep going in because yeah. that's the same out. thing that happened when um dad and i shot that muzzleloader buck it was like we got to the top of that field which is the first field that you come to and it's like down not the far from the parking lot yeah i mean it's easy walk to get up to. there and it's super easy walk yeah and we got up there, and, like, all these honeysuckle bushes were just tore up, and there was, like, some little scrape, but it was all super dry. And I remember Dad was like, well, let's just set up here. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, this stuff is all looks – I don't know. Yeah, I can't. you can't tell if it looks like it's fresh or not. And he's like, well, let's just try it. And I'm like, all right. And I was standing there the whole time. I'm like – this ain't the spot. <laughs> I was like, dang it. But we sat there anyway. And then and we big buck came out. out. <laughs> a really big buck came yeah. out, actually. Man, that being one of the more decent ones uh, we've ever laid eyes on. Yeah. Uh, it's good not to go too far. Yeah. We've done that. We've been that very spot. We had we had one where we went too far. Remember that? Where oh, we yeah. were like, this is one of the funniest times. There's a lot where we went too far. This, this is one of the funniest <laughs> yeah. times I've ever had with, time. with you, though, I think, is... We we I don't even know what, what which one of us had a bow or was filming. I don't remember at this point, but we were like, we're like let's go just run in here real quick and we'll like try we're to run across the lake. We literally yeah we have like yeah. thirty minutes uh-huh. and we just like go running down the trail grunting and we're like acting like deer just totally messing around. And there's scrapes everywhere though. It's like oh wow there's actually it's a like sign in here. We just figured oh there's a field right here. It's a hundred yards from the road. Like, <laughs> whatever. Let's just bulldoze in there real quick and see what we see and then we'll get out of here we were actually going in to look all the way across yeah we were trying to, to go a different to field. the end of the field so we could glass like a mile in <laughs> yeah. there uh-huh. we yeah. weren't even hunting we were just running in to observe and all of a sudden we like bump a deer and we can't see around the bend of the of the opening and we like we're like we oh. both knew at the moment yeah. at that exact moment like hmm like <laughs> there could be other deer around here and there could be bucks because there's like 10 scrapes in the last 30 yards but since we're in a rush <laughs> we go like, oh, we around go. the corner <laughs> here we go running again we go around the corner and sure enough like <laughs> nice bucks yeah. just standing there underneath the <laughs> yeah, one of those but scrapes at the same time i mean not that happened you can go back to that spot same time next year well, he can't, they killed get, the buck yeah. the next year in the next couple yeah, of years right the same spot 
going too far. That's going to happen. Yeah. And then, I mean, next time you go in there, just learn to don't run them over. They'll probably be somewhere pretty close to where you. Sometimes, like that big one that you and I had in the CRP field a couple years ago, I think waiting for waiting for the right conditions to look at fresh sign is also real important. Yeah. Um, you know, because in your situation you were just talking about, Ted, you didn't know for sure if it was fresh because it had been so dry. Mm-hmm. You made the right call, obviously, by just staying there. But if you do have the advantage of a rainy, wet day and are able to get out the following day or the day after that, you can pick up on a lot that just happened right there. I got something. I got something, though, about that that's been really throwing me off hunting the hills. Yeah. So this this drives me crazy. You get rain, and I get excited because I'm like, exactly that. Oh, we're going to finally find fresh sunlight. But, like, there's low enough deer densities that like they may not even be hitting that scrape but every few days so it's right that's true it's like i'd almost rather well if you if you go too soon right if you go immediately after the rain like four hours later well that's all the time that he's got left right you know to be there but Mm -hmm. if you if you're there two three four days after that that, then you can look and see which that buck that i'm talking about in the crp grass was another one of those situations where there was not very many deer or it's like two tracks that we saw that's two, it two big tracks no other side what and we Which still didn't this? we the really big one where we were drawn back on on the ground we were going in to set up but we he, we were about oh, yeah, yeah, okay. in the pin oaks yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and it was just now. so thick he was like mm-hmm. 10 yards and how oh, he was it big. was raining on the way in that day was it not it was it rained the day before that it had actually flooded uh-huh because remember that we had to go yeah. in almost over our boots to get back in uh-huh. there. And we got so all So we're not the, expecting to see a lot of sign, really. It's no. just like it, we saw the two tracks. We're like, holy crap, this is fresh. Like, then we got to the closest place that we thought we could set up there. We went up the hill. How far from those two fresh tracks? 40 yards. Found, and we're going to set up. This is the middle of October, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Early said, in the holy crap. <laughs> but that was, <laughs> it was so damp that day that a bobcat just came like sneaking by us yeah <laughs> like 20 like and like he definitely didn't see that we were there before we saw him like that's how quiet we got back in there and there was there. there was some red oaks dropping acorns along the edge of the water where you could see deer had been a little bit mm-hmm. but like he said it had just rained it hadn't like it just quit yeah. not that long before that and definitely no buck tracks no. we had seen some doe tracks but no we got on tracks. that trail that goes right up that transition of that crp grass and pin oaks and that one trail it goes from the public land over to the private and we hit that thing and there was a big set coming and there was a big set like going. right where the they crossed those drainages you, you know he, yeah. he went he lifted off one side if i remember right and you could see where he landed on the other and, and you like, could see where deep. he came back yeah and it was the same big track and you think that's big boy you yes. think that was him i yeah. imagine so it was I mean, smoking fresh very fresh yeah, like, like we were following the way that he walked back up in there to bed yeah. on that ridge that morning it seemed like it, it might not have been there could have been another buck in yeah. there but there wasn't a ton of sign no it didn't seem like it there wasn't like, a lot of rubs I mean, there or definitely could have been it just seemed like maybe he was just back in there when we followed him back in there to yeah me. like he had just showed up in the last couple of days or he was the only buck in there keeping the rest of them run out he wasn't rubbing even he wasn't rubbing but there's that not was a, a lot of rub opportunity necessarily right there that early too well, he, so honestly thick. he might have just got pushed up in there that day because like you said there had been Water so much rain up. he might have been down in that bottom and yep. then all of a sudden that day it's like oh i can't go to the usual spot it's like underwater that's yeah, right that's true up on that that's ridge true. But that was another example where we didn't have much to go on. It was one big set of tracks, and it was real fresh. And 
we were still hemming and hawing around about it. We were like, yeah, yeah you know, it's good, but it's like one track. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. It's well, like, well, we, we were for a highway through here. <laughs> we were standing there and we we're like, well, this is like, there's not a lot of real good setup opportunities in here. It's just thicker than hell. It's like, how do you even get an arrow through some of this crap? Yeah. And we were looking around for possible little pin oak to jet up in so we could see across that CRP. And then we looked down, and there he was. He was just walking across the middle of it at 3 in the afternoon, going for those acorns. Like, he, we literally found those tracks and walked another 30 yards, and he, he stood up, and he was right there. Like I was, like, facing towards you, and I just saw your face. It's, like, early in the afternoon. We're about to set up, and all of a sudden, I don't know if we were filming an interview. I don't think we were, but all of a sudden, I saw your face. You're like, big bug right here, right here. And, like, I can tell that he's just like, how close was he when he stood up? 40. 40 yards. He just yeah. stood up and walked like straight away from us, right? And oh, we he had no freaking there. idea. We Windy, wet. Windy, yeah. wet, man. That is so good. We were kind of just like, you know, looking around for a tree, though, and like all of a sudden, Worms like big buck. So he just like just must have stood up and went straight for those. Oh, he was right there, right next to us. Yeah, and he was going straight. He went straight in there, and, we, and then we stalked him and got real close uh-huh. and almost killed him. What, what was but, the sign that we saw the year? Uh, two seasons ago when we stalked the 10 pointer in the buck nest that we saw bedded what 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 did because there was something That's we went back in one. we went back in there a couple like we went in there you once. see big tracks in the creek crossing we, we did i think we, we were seeing a lot rained of a bunch. deer sign in general like we had been seeing um tracks on our way in i think we saw a doe and a like a young like spike or something yeah. a doe and then we were seeing just a bunch of tracks crossing that uh-huh. creek, and we could easily walk that creek quietly. Well, that was just a deal, too, where it was just like you guys know exactly within another one of those deals where it's like within, what would you say, 100 to 200 yards, you know of where you can Five get to a spot. Too. Yeah, you can just, like, look and know exactly where the deer are going to be. Are. And that's just, like, from finding a spot and then going back there at the same time. Yep. But year year to year, you know, and it's 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 one of those spots that's going to be good, and you can find like a surprising amount of them, really. Oh yeah, that's the big th- takeaway that I've got, especially after that hunt last year. It's like, man, if you've got those perennially good spots that have all of these things, they've got the permanent water, they have the cover, they have the lack of people. Man, if you find just a little bit of sign, maybe not even, maybe go in there and not even worry about it. <laughs> maybe just Especially set up the time and yeah it's just not the freaking weather. sit just there set back and just glass and just <laughs> lay some gla- I mean, field glass you're on closer you know how to get in and out of there without boogering them mm-hmm. out of the beds so just go in there and set up on it and if you don't see nothing fine move in further like you said and just take your one step at a time we've obviously made the mistake of going too far a bunch of times but that's what i've noticed is is it the reading the sign is all over the board like when we went into the buck nest several years ago there was a hundred rubs <laughs> i mean there's literally rubs everywhere and we realized why is because there was 15 freaking bucks using the bedding area well and that was the beginning of october you know so the sign was just everywhere yeah. well you see that and then you're you're trying to repeat that in your mind it's right, like well okay right. that's what i'm that's looking the best for it ever was and i'm not going to stop until i see that I well mean, that's dude, not the yeah. case that's, i mean we're, we're looking at these other scenarios where there's one buck uh-huh. oh yeah well, well I, it's, it goes back to like kind of 
similar to what we talked about the other night of just maintain regardless of like what you're getting sign wise maintain that positive mental attitude yeah. so you go into a spot and you're just seeing the two you know big tracks and you're yeah. like man that just ain't really what i was hoping for uh -huh. but you know you had your original story where if you would have kept that pma and yeah. gone in and hunt like went in like you always intended be to yeah mm -hmm. always be on your toes and be Have ready which is hard to do you know if you get discouraged you're like yeah. oh we probably should have went to that other spot or just worked on videos today you, you got to try to keep yourself in that killing mindset yeah uh -huh. when you're going it's like mm -hmm. you know y'all went there and you said that sign was all dried up and mm -hmm. but y'all ended up seeing a huge buck but i, I mean just yeah. that's the tough thing you know you find this this sign you know from what i'm hearing y'all say uh-huh but you're there, so you're committed. Yeah. I mean, you're not just gonna right. dip out and go somewhere else. So you're there, you might as well hunt it. So you gotta try to stay in that killing mindset, but it's that's yeah, way easier said on, than done. You it's, know? it's like the more I at least try to be somewhat, like even if you're just stopping and taking a break somewhere, I just knock, I'm I like a knock an arrow. I try to knock, I don't do this every time, but the more time it goes on, the more I try to do it every time. Just like, if you're gonna take a break, just set up like be in a spot where you got some cover just in case a deer shows up like you yeah. never know when it might happen oh no just you don't know and have your little lanes picked out even in that stupid spot that you're sitting yeah. there taking and a i break. did in that situation but it was yeah. like it, it was still it's not always going to work out but i think that's something i do a lot more than as time goes on than i did when younger, i was younger yeah i still should have just like you said nick we should have just set up in the dang tree and if i wouldn't have cut the hell out of my finger i <laughs> yeah. might have been there 30 minutes <laughs> earlier and been and had more time but it was also that was also running through my head uh -huh. was like man if we're going to climb a tree that takes that takes a few minutes to get up there and as you're doing that i mean me and sling and rick had that happen twice oh, yeah. in one freaking day the one your boat to be on the ground while you're trying oh my to. gosh i was so mad like that was yeah that freaks me out oh yeah that's like my least favorite <laughs> that's my least uh, that's why back in the day when we were toting stands around i was always so paranoid about getting set up in the dark it wasn't because so much that i wanted to get set up before the deer got there or try to get set up in the dark so that they wouldn't see us it was like we can't legally shoot them in the dark so we might as well be spending our time doing all of our setup bs while it's dark mm -hmm. and then we are hunting when it gets daylight yep. because man when me and sling and rick went in there a few years ago it was like oh man we got there 30 minutes before daylight and we looked at this tree and we're like this is the only tree and there is zero ground cover in here so we got to make this thing work and then an hour later i was still hanging those things <laughs> i mean i had to stand on my head pretty near to get the things in the dang tree was that and a safe line around the the, the muddy sticks oh type god deal. yes it was a nightmare it was a complete nightmare and it was one of those trees that the only side you could put the sticks on was the side that the tree was leaning towards so you're basically climbing up the trees you're leaning backwards it's uh -huh. awful and the whole time i'm going up there and rick's like man that's so exciting to be back <laughs> he's just thrilled and you know me hell yeah rick i am a freaking i'm like rick hand me that damn stick and get it up here as quick as you can because at any moment it could happen and then all of a sudden it's like look down i just got the camera arm uh -huh. up the tree the camera on the arm my bow up there but rick ain't up there yet oh, eric barber our buddy of vortex yeah. that's who we're talking about he's not in the tree yet he's like one stick up uh -huh. <laughs> and he's filming me and 
I look over to the left and freaking Slambino is coming down the trail. Good. Big, hot, Good. big Hank. Ten point. Good. Big, <laughs> big. Tall, white. Same antlers. deer that you guys saw, you know, a week or two before Beautiful. down at the marsh. Majestic. Yeah. Uh, which one was it? You got, you and Greg paddled up the creek in the dark and saw the raccoons and had the yeah. bucks chasing yeah. the does around yeah. there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You guys saw that big oh, ram chasing yeah, those does. Yeah. Great the same. point buck. Yeah. Yes. That big slob. Okay, and that's, that's the one him. that you stop, tried to stop, and he took off running. Oh yeah, because he's like he's forty yards, and he's coming down the trail. I forgot. Work. See, when, the, when you bring up that that series with Rick, I always think of the one that was up on the ridges. That maybe, oh yeah, that happened later in the day. Yeah, that was no, the this same happened, day. This but happened forget, twice I, in the same I day. I forget that that you talk that about was being pissed with off. Him. <laughs> I mean, November 9th or whatever, and it's been a that year was was tough on all of us. I think you mm-hmm. hadn't killed that bucket. Yeah, eventually you and 13th, Jake killed that yeah. buck, and that 13th. was like that lit a fire under us because we had had a rough season up to that point. So this is like the ninth or tenth of November, and this is the tree. Like this is the spot. I knew it was gonna be good, or I felt like it. I had high confidence, you know, positive PMA. mental attitude, Nicholas. PMA. I had that, PMA. but PMA. it took so freaking long to get the stupid stance on this. Yeah. <laughs> That thing come down the trail, and I had to try to film left-handed and then draw my bow at the same time and stop him. And I, I was like, meh, 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 and hanging off the side of the tree. And he finally stopped and looked up, and he saw Rick hanging off and me up there trying to finagle around this camera. And he blew and took off. And I was just like, and then Rick got up there. He's like, well, maybe there'll be another. I'm like, maybe there will be another one. <laughs> so we sat for three hours and didn't see anything. Dude, that's the worst when you're like, maybe there'll be another beautiful tall tined wide remember when you <laughs> when you missed that one in the timber nest oh, oh my gosh. gosh same deal we went into that timber nest except we got set up before we daylight good, yeah. <laughs> we, that, that was high anticipation yeah. days right there the, all those days because the day prior to that we had saw another shooter eight point and a monster 10 and yeah. which we ended up seeing the next oh, yeah, day we too. saw him that yeah. same day but this buck comes by midday one like one o'clock, one o'clock perfect just we're waiting there and we both know like this sucks to be sitting here all day but it's going to At happen some point, son, and then here zombie. he comes he comes over the ridge it's like oh big buck right here zinger gets ready 30 yards shoots ducks a string <laughs> right <laughs> over his back and i just and missed he, him <laughs> he he's like but i should have shot zinger just like you know goes from the high high to the to the just bottom of the barrel and he's like man I don't know if a guy gets another chance or not. <laughs> I mean, at that point, we'd been at it for a while. We had been so close so many times. We'd seen a lot of bucks, but it was like... And oh, the ironic no. thing is, two days later, he killed the same buck. Same buck. Uh-huh. Him and Corey went oh, in there. The hell that yeah, night, we saw the big 10-pointer again, yeah. and he was like... I remember there was a couple times you were like, I'm on him. Like, if you... If, and I'm like, oh, dude, he's so... You remember how far down there he was? He was only bottom. 30 yards, but he was literally 60 feet below us. Yeah. It just looked like he was a mile angle. away. Yeah. It was like... Uh-huh. I mean, it would have been hard to miss that deer, though. His body was about the size of this table. Oh, yeah. He was a magnum. <laughs> he was huge. But anyway... Yeah. Kind of got off on the tangent there a bit. Good fun stories, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add about sign? I feel like we could just continue to talk about it for years, but I mean, we haven't even really got into rut late stuff. season. We should talk. Let's wrap this up, and then we'll do another one some other time about rut sign because we didn't even really get into sign like scrapes in late October. We could just do a part two as soon as we 
take a take a bathroom uh, break. Okay, that's good. <laughs> well, that's early season sign and what yeah. to do with it, I guess. 